Hello and welcome to another Comedian's Interview for my blog and podcast, A Rich Comic Life. My name is Richard Gill and my blog describes my experiences of watching over 1,000 comedians and counting over the last 48 years. I'm delighted to welcome my guest today. It's Mr. Mark Nicholas. Yay! Yay! Hello, mate. Hi, are you all right? I'm fine. How are you? Yeah, no, just getting there, getting there. Need really to good to see you. Yeah, good to see you too, mate. Really good. Good man. Well, uh, thank you so much for doing this. Uh, it's going to be an interview about your comedy career, and it's going to last about 45 minutes to an hour. And I'd like to kick off by asking, how did you become a comedian in the first place? Okay, well, to be honest, this is a bit more of a complex story than most because <laughs> so I'll start from where so in about 2016 my father passed away and of cancer and he was always a big fan of comedy growing up and he brought me up on certain like comedians and things like that and but I didn't deal with it very well so I dealt with it by literally going travelling right Nice. And I went travelling to Vietnam in about 2017, right? Just got out, teach English, experience it. Yeah. But out in Vietnam, in Saigon, there was an expat comedy group. Right. And I, like, I was just like, oh wow, this is great. Um, it was mainly like improv and telling jokes and things like that. And I was like, yeah, no, I'll give it a go. And it was, it was a mixture between American English, some Vietnamese as well. They've got a wicked sense of humour. <laughs> and so I took part in this course and and it led to the showcase where I was performing um, at this bar called Yoko, named after Yoko Ono. And Brilliant. It was about 70-odd people and I was so nervous. My, so my first gig was like June 2017, technically, and I was so nervous I had this awful stage fright, right? And the MC was absolutely brilliant. He said to me, Mark, do you know what? I will whisper your own jokes in your ear. Like, just so you could do it. Like, he was fantastic. I mean, he didn't have to in the end. I eventually got over it. And it was such a buzz afterwards. I was so nervous, so shaken up by the adrenaline. It was only a five-minute set, but... Even so. When you're first starting comedy is a long time. Any comedian will tell you, when you first start, five minutes material, no one thinks, no one imagines. It doesn't sound that long, but when you're up on stage, it's like a lifetime. It really is. So I did that. Then when I went back home, I was like, I'm going to get into it. But I kept putting it off. And then I waited another year, did a comedy course in London, did, sorry, two comedy courses in London. I did one, uh, my tutor was Tams and Kelly. And I did that, my first gig, that was at the Comedy Pub. And yeah. actually, it's funny enough where I'm performing, well, to where we're recording tonight. Um, I'm actually performing at the Comedy Pub this evening. So that's quite a nice little loop. How amazing is that? <laughs> yeah, I'll do it. So... But that was my first gig in London, in the UK. And then I did um, another comedy course, this Ultra Comedies, where they raise money with cancer research. And and like Mike Gunn was my tutor then as well. So I had two brilliant... What a comedian he is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Two absolutely amazing tutors. And that showcase was at the backyard. And and then since then, I thought, do you know what? I'm going to go for it and I just did I just went for it and I suddenly got over these nerves it took me time but here I am four years later still surviving that's fantastic I I I tell all the comedians um this this infamous story I I once had a go myself at stand-up comedy and it was for a promoter years ago uh and it was for a gong show which couldn't be worse and it was for, it was for old people, and uh, I I uh, had this script. My my home city's Carlisle, and uh, I I've spent half my life down in London, but but yeah. I passed I passed my driving test in Carlisle, and I, I was never a very good driver, so I wrote this script out about all my 
crashing cars in Carlisle. Yeah. And, the, and the promoter loved it. And I walked out onto the uh, stage and, and he said, right, he said, you've got three minutes. So I walked out. And um, uh, um, the first thing I said was, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. People think I look like Eddie the Eagle Edwards, the ski jumper, but I can't see the resemblance myself. And of course, I'm his double. And one bloke at the back just went, fuck off, fuck me off. And that was it. Wow, that is. <laughs> and the promoter said, I'm another government. I said, I said, I'd. I don't, I don't know. Never say that. I mean, finally, your first gig was a gong show. You're brave and mad the most, to be honest. That is, gong shows are terrifying. Brutal. They are yeah, all, just awful. brutal. Um, so I've, 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 I thought my um, uh, comeuppance, if you like, is sitting in the audience watching you all and admiring what you what you all do, and and that's how the blog and the podcast and everything starts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what do you like to talk about on stage yourself? Have you got any specific themes or anything like that? Um, so, like, I like to initially sort of talk about my autism and mm. how that affects me. And the more I've talked about it, the more I want to go into stories about it, about my yeah. experiences, about how I've always been socially awkward, how I've always, you know, said the wrong things, no filter. So actually comedy is quite a nice thing for me because <laughs> it, gives you the per- it gives you the perfect platform. And like, of course. <laughs> it does. It's like Joe Wells has this wonderful bit because he's autistic as well. And he has this wonderful bit. He goes, you know, it goes, oh, you can't be autistic because you're talking about that because you're doing stand-up comedy. Uh, I talk about my particular interest for an extensive length of time without any right of reply. It's the perfect thing for autism. Like, it's... it, it's, <laughs> it's So, actually, it's like when people go, oh, you're autistic, are you sure? I like, well, yeah, it, it's, it, it fits perfectly. So I'll talk about that. I try to delve into topical subjects, but more throwaway jokes. But it's all about my personal experiences and, and, mm. and growing up with, um, aut- you know, the aut- with autism. And, yeah, and, yeah, 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 of course, yeah. Um, I, I've seen you at the Laughing Horse in Brighton and I've, oh, seen, yes. and I've seen you at Sofa So Funny, uh, which uh, was a lovely surprise to have you on the guest bill. These, these were both in 2022. Hmm. And I was amazed at your originality and your uniqueness and your extreme wit. It was so funny. The, the, way, that, uh, the way that you banter with an audience is extraordinary. You came up to me and I can't, I can't remember what you said, but it was like... Oh, God, I remember this. <laughs> but I, I, I tell, I'll tell that story on stage so then I do that yeah. to someone else because actually come and see me because this yeah, is yeah, yeah. Yeah. When, when I do that to someone else that particular part of my set yeah. um, I, I, the first time I did I asked someone what they did for a living and they said there was a comedy reviewer and I was like oh my god <laughs> And they, uh, they, they didn't quite give, they only gave me three stars, you know. Wow. They, they, That's they, just they, they, so they, unfair. They, yeah, they, um, they only gave the, me three stars. They didn't all gather me. If they had done, they would have given me five stars. The, the uh, question that leads on from all that is yeah. can you tell me, tell me about your writing process for a routine or a show? So a lot of it is based on. Um, what happens to me if I've if I if I've been out one night or if I've been at a gig, yeah, and something happens to me that's quite amusing, um, <laughs> I will write that as a sort of anecdote. Um, because whatever it's it's weird. Whatever I, I'm I'm doing this bit now where I'm getting a bit of research about about you know what people perceive autism to be and. Um, and I've asked them, and literally someone said a healthcare worker who'd been in the profession for eight years. Right. I asked them what they thought autism was. They just said numbers. They literally wow. said numbers. Wow. I was just a bit like, any particular numbers? You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, so it was just like, it was bizarre. So then, then I write that into a bit and I tried it out last night. And I did, I did it last night at a gig I was emceeing. And uh, yeah, people were in hysterics about that. And it was just like, I've had, I, I, I literally, I, 
what I'm doing more now is crowd work. And from the crowd work, I try and source my jokes from there. Yeah. Or, if there's, or if there's a topical thing that happens in the news, I just make a quick note, I put a tweet out or something like that. And, yeah, so the writing process like that, like I've got the my main body of material that I sort of wrote at the beginning and then what I do, I tweak it, edit it, polish yeah. it up a bit. Like there's jokes I've had like for years, but most of my materials, I, I like to try and freshen it up or tighten it up or make it... Um, make it a bit smoother and, and then things like that so but sometimes an idea will pop into my head like the worst thing is sometimes 3 a.m i'll have an idea i'll wake up i'll forget to write it down and then the next morning i'll be like oh shit what was what was the joke <laughs> so my writing process <laughs> if, I, if i try to sit down and plan some writing i can't do it i get like writer's block it's it's when i'm just sitting doing nothing suddenly ideas pop into my head or like i have a really really straight i don't have a structured writing process as maybe people would expect me to do because i do have rules to my comedy like i do have the rule of three thing i try and use and yeah, you know uh, the throwaway jokes, defy expectations, things like that. You know, different methods I've learned through uh, over the years. So I do have a, I do have joke structures that I follow. But more yeah. often than not, it'll be oh, here's a wacky idea, or I don't know the audience interaction. Because this is the thing when you're going out gigging most nights, you have some very weird experiences, and <laughs> and you just include it in your. It's it's like being a comedian. It's just there's something different that happens every day. I'm sure a gig I go to tonight, there'll be something different and bizarre. Yeah. But that's the beauty of comedy. Um, yeah. So that's, yeah. That's, that, that's wonderful. The the um the, the most creative thing I ever did, other than this blog, was write a play, and it's about uh, uh it's about my experiences of not getting a job. Uh, and it's called it's called the applicant. I'm 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 employed now. I, I I've worked in the civil service. I've worked in a school. Yeah. And I currently work in the council. But it's about the play is about uh, a character who never gets a job and he's never had an interview. And it was all monologue interview monologue interview. That's how it was structured. And when I ran out after writing this thing and perform and rehearsing it for 10 months, the first of three nights we put on, I ran out and I had this great long monologue and I forgot it. <laughs> oh, no. And I was like a rabbit in headlights. How long did it take <laughs> to write it? And I thought, what's the, oh, no, I just swallow it. And, and, and. That's why I've got. That's a reason why I've got a lot of admiration for comedians to walk out and just nail the audience. Because if you're good like you are, you just say, "I, I can imagine you just think, right? I'm going to make this audience laugh, come hell or high water." Would you agree with yeah. that? Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, but the, you know, there'll be well, there'll be nights where the audience will be really not responded or yeah. there'll be there'll be set like i'm going to try tonight i'm going to try loading new material out and some of it might not land actually a lot of it probably won't land but then what mm. i do i have you know like it's like a rabbit out of the hat i go to my safe jokes i go right i'll pepper it with material that i know works yeah yeah um, and often it's the writing process so i'll develop a new set by slowly taking out the old ones. I know comics who could just go right in your set yeah. and just go out there and try it all and die on their ass and be okay with that. I can't do that. No. Uh, I, I, I'll die on my ass, but just a little bit. You know, I'll trip <laughs> over a bit. You know, I don't, I don't mind suffering a little bit, but I don't want to <laughs> suffer for 20 minutes. Yeah, yeah. Some comics do that, and it works for them, and that's fine, but... Um, it, but there's this there's this idea that yeah we go out we go out and nail it but sometimes it's not about nailing it sometimes it's about you know you have to fall flat in order yeah. for it to work. That's that's exactly it. I I, I say to a lot of comedians, um, it's all about the experience. You must have a bad gig in order to be a better comedian. Do you do you agree with that? Yeah, hundred percent. Like. Yeah. Or is it, but it's also how you respond to a bad gig. I've had yeah, comics, yeah. newer comics, that have, you know, 
had a bad gig and gone, I want to give this up, I want to give this up. I'm like, you don't need to give it up. It's, it happens, believe me. Like, my second ever gig, well, I mean, my technically first time in the open mic, my microphone gave out halfway through oh, no. and I just had to, like, drop the microphone, just go with it. But it was horrible. And it was That's just awful. like... Oh, no, yeah, it's my second gig as well. And it was in a basement as well. A lot of these, I don't know why. There's so many comedy gigs that are in basement. Just like they want to lock people away and make you suffer. It's like it's like they want to recreate, like, what? Like Fritzel was a clown. I don't know. Get them yeah. all down in the cellar. It just, always um, reminds me of the Sarah Millican story where she says, if ever I have a bad gig, I wake up the next morning and by 10 o'clock, I move on yes. and start again. Yes, and, I uh, follow that rule intently. It's yeah, yeah, a brilliant yeah. rule to follow. Yeah, yeah, very much so. And the, and, and the other great one is the Ken Dodd gag where he um, describes uh, what Freud said about laughter. And he goes into this really elongated way of laughing it says it starts in your clack and it moves up and then you laugh and everything and he goes on for about 10 minutes and the and the the killer line is mind you ladies and gentlemen freud didn't play glasgow empire on a friday night <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean you know what? that's supposed to be the graveyard for comics the yeah, oh, isn't it? that's interesting yeah Anyway, you said before um, that you emceed, which is wonderful. Do you prefer comparing to doing a solo routine? Well, I think I, I like both on their own merits. I think yeah. what emceeing will do, it will allow me to try stuff out. It will allow me to improve on my crowd work. I'd recommend any comic, regardless of whether you want to go into emceeing or not, does emceeing because yeah. what it allows you to do allows you to like improvise a bit it allows you because your job as the MC is very different to your job as a solo act um your job as the MC is to maintain the energy levels of the night and maintain the standards so i i went on an MC course actually uh, a couple of years ago and it really helped yeah. me so um, it's Gary Michaels who ran it. Gary Michaels used to oh, yeah, very much, yeah, yeah, yeah. Open mics in London. And one of the things was if an act dies, your job is to bring the energy up. If an act smashes it, your job is to bring the energy down. <laughs> so it's so your job is to go there and take the hit. And because actually, I mean, I mean yeah, it's. Um, you're, you're, you're the full guy you are the full guy <laughs> because the thing is the problem is if an act smashes it and then you go and keep that round of applause going for your next act of the evening blah 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 what you've done you've set that other act to a really high bar and you could have had a really established act um, smashing the room and then the person doing their first gig and people are expecting it and they're like oh god so your job is to suck the energy out it's it, it sounds really bizarre, but a good MC will do that. I, I, would, I would love that, I think. <laughs> yes, yeah, so, that's 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 a wonderful answer. Um, yeah. uh, how do you cope with any nerves? You mentioned nerves before. How do you cope with any nerves before you go on stage? Do you still get nervous now? Oh, God. I mean, it does depend on the night. If it's a night I've done lots of times, I won't be nervous because yeah. I know the crowd, I know the venue. The, most, the, the the biggest nerves I get is not knowing the venue, not knowing not knowing how it all works because every yeah, venue yeah. is slightly different than how you position yourself. If it's a really big gig with lots of, you know, potential consequences to it, then then I will be like last week I did the comedy store and I was absolutely bricking it. Like, I was absolutely bricking it. Congratulations, uh, all, Sorry? Congratulations, you did it. Uh, thank you. Oh, no, it was, it was such an amazing experience because I did, I got through to buy via the King Gong thing and I did five right. minutes a couple of years ago. And, no, last year. And then this year I've done another five minutes and they want me back. They like me, but it, I just said I need to do a few more open spots to get... Um, the paid stuff but they like me that's what's really important about it that's like I did well enough to know to to keep going I think the problem I struggled with last week though was 
it's a five minute set and at the moment i'm used to doing extended sets but actually you know where you progress a lot in comedies those what they call competition fives so they're the very tight fives and that's how you then jump to the next level that's when you that those types of nights go well that's when you start getting the regular pro gigs the you know the paid spots the extended spots the headline spots but yeah so it's always important no matter what level you're at as a comedian is to have that tight five in case you're asked to do in a like a huge club and they go we just want to see how you're doing we just want to get a feel for you yeah, yeah, so yeah. they'll give you five minutes but problem is i have about 20 minutes 30 minutes at least of material i could go on for an hour if i wanted to but i won't i haven't done my hour yet actually i'm <laughs> working my way up to an hour but i'm pretty sure i could do one an hour if i was asked to but um that was really nerve-wracking because i knew there were sort of promoters there and i knew there were mm-hmm. very important people there um so it was just like be on your a game yeah um, yeah yeah did you um start off uh doing five minutes in pubs and working your way up like a lot of them do is yeah yeah i did but i i i know why you asked that question because actually if you go up north the 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 starting point is 10 minutes yeah Um, yeah yeah. i know an act up north his first gig was standard 10 minute set yeah yeah and that and that's daunting because the as you say the fives and i never of course realized that if anybody wanted to see your act who had never seen it before or any act who had never seen it before if you've got five minutes ready to go you're away because they can you can they can get a flavor of it and then you and then you work on from there if you've got the material like you say you know it's it's yeah, absolutely. fascinating yeah um i i i would be many a comedian's five minute uh, friend, five minutes set friends because of the laugh. So all the up and coming comics, they always used to say, "Come along, Rich, come along," and I'd go and sit in the front row. And, and that's brilliant. That's that is that because right, really <laughs> actually, you know, you never know how it's going to go, especially when yeah, you're starting yeah. out. But um, yeah. yeah, it's another, yeah. it's another, it's another reason for the blog. Um, it's not just um, uh, professional top comedians; it's also the up and coming brand new ones that support as well which and, is what what's what i like about your blog yeah, as well because yeah, actually yeah. The, the the top the top comics often will have at one everyone at one stage starts at a basement in the park yeah. so i keep talking about basements but it's like no, it's no, no. most most comic actually yeah. every comic i know the top pro ones will yeah. would have started in a basement somewhere there's so, there's so many uh, famous ones now that uh, I've watched uh, do five minutes. And um, this particular week we're recording the podcast that just announced Peter Kay's new tour, who's probably yeah, one absolutely. of the biggest comedians in Britain. I first <laughs> saw him in a little club in Manchester and he was on the bill of five acts and he was fourth on. And I and I missed the fifth act through laughing. I was laughing so hard at him. And really? I said to my mate, I said, he's going to be a superstar. And I had to go and apologise to Dave Gorman some years later because he was the fifth act. Oh, no, <laughs> Dave Gorman, no. I mean, like, how many times do you see a five-minute act, an act who does five minutes and goes? Exactly. Yeah. Like, but but genuinely, yeah, from your experiences over 50 years, how yeah, many yeah. do you come across that you go, yeah, they're gonna be it is that's that's another thing. Obviously, there's so many memories in the blog, but also as yeah. well, watching the comedians develop is extraordinary. Um yeah. another another funny story was um recently met Harry Hill and he oh, still wow. is um to this day my favorite opening line to any set. Um, 30 years ago, I first saw him downstairs at the King's Head in Crouch End. Oh, he, okay, yeah. He, and he brushed past me and he stood up on, went up onto the stage and went, ladies and gentlemen, I'm really sorry I'm late. I had to have a testicle brought down. And everybody burst out laughing. And then he said, from Derby. <laughs> nice, brilliant. I love it. And then when I met him, I told him this. He went, thanks, Rich. He said, I still use the routine to this day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> surprise, you'll be surprised. Genius. 
<laughs> anyway, <laughs> would you would, would you say we were talking about nerves? Would would you say that as soon as you walk on and pick up the microphone, as soon as you speak into it, do the nerves go? Uh, I mean, again, it depends on the venue. Like yeah, comedy yeah. stuff, my nerves are very much still there, but you're in the zone. So it feels like it flashes away so quickly that it's just you don't you don't have time to no. be nervous as you sort of, but the nerves are still running through you, the dreadling, because what you don't I sorry, I, I did a weird gesture there, but what you know what you don't notice is the comedian's hand will be shaking like whatever, like craziness, especially if it's a venue they've not done before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Notice that I'll notice the nerves comedians go to in the green room is fascinating because there are some comics that just like to go yeah 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 there are other comics that are just in their zone and in their like, zone yeah no, that's it I have to I have to be in my own head and yeah, then yeah. afterwards they're a bit more relaxed but yeah you were uh, fascinating it's, uh, seeing it and um, they uh, I go to always be comedy. Uh, every week nearly and it's fascinating watching the compare there James Gill because before he goes on he sort of like psychs himself up and then he's away and and he's he's so good with a crowd and he's running around and visual and all the rest of it but to watch him psych himself up it's it's his, it's his way of um uh getting ready for it you know to because yeah. because to this day you will not you, the wonderful thing about being live, I think, is that you don't is is that it's of the moment, and you don't know the audience. You're 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 delivering the best that you can do to a complete uh, group of strangers. Yeah, and it's wonderful, obviously, when it hits, and and you can t- and you're very good at doing that. With within a minute, people are either warming to you or laughing at you, and 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 you can then go on and say what you like. Yeah. No, yeah. So it is. And that's why sort of opening jokes are really important that they land yeah. because it can then be very hard to uh, pick up from that after. Like if, if you can do it, like I, I've opened, I've done my opening joke and fell flat, but then you can build up that energy, but then yeah, it's yeah. about them building yeah. up that energy. So yeah. that's why you're so nervous before you go on because the opening joke needs to hit. It makes yeah. it so much easier because if the opening joke doesn't hit, you have more work to do. Right. And yeah, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, the, the more you do it, the more you work work with it. Like, yeah. you know, I always say to a newer act now, I mean, I'm not the expert in this. I, I always get advice from anyone I can um but best advice i've had was you know i mean you're, t- you're as good as your last joke so if that yeah, joke yeah. goes well you should move on to the next one it's fine yeah. it's no one laughs that's okay you just move on to the next joke you don't what you i've seen so many acts and i used to do it go oh that didn't work or that was new oh god and the problem is you dwell on it unless you make a joke about how bad it was then what you're doing is dwelling and the audience don't want to see that. They feed that energy. And so you could you either do two things. You can. could either do two yeah. things. Like what, a brilliant, a, someone so well-crafted is, is Mark Simmons because he has, he writes oh. so many different jokes. Yeah. If a joke doesn't land, he'll be like, all right, okay, well, what have I got next? And Or or he'll jokingly try and explain that joke and it would just, and then that'd be yeah. funny. Yeah, because, yeah, yeah, he'll, he'll he's, know what to he's do. a master to watch. He, he he really is. I think I th- I think he was the headliner when we were at yeah. Super so Funny. He was, it was fascinating I, I, watching him. Absolutely brilliant. Like he did because yeah. I run a night and he did that. He headlined that night and it was a smaller room as well. But yeah. he yeah. came in and he was like, "Can I do all new material?" I was like, "Yeah," because I yeah. knew it would all out because I knew yeah. he would do really well. Because he did his new material, some didn't work, but then some he just, you know, yeah. he just kept going, and he just does a list. He just it's phenomenal. He's amazing. He, yeah, he's absolutely amazing. He's been he's been on here as a guest, and he was he was terrific. Um, how do you remember all your routines? Do you write a notebook beforehand for any new sketches, or do you write them on your hand, or do you remember them? 
Well, how do you do it? So I don't write on my hand. I know a lot of comics do. Yeah. So I do have a, I do have a little notepad, but instead of because what I used to do, I used to write out the entire jokes, but then it was yeah. just like having to oh no, too much. So what I do now is write buzzwords. Right. Um, so if I'm doing a joke about, I don't know, social situations or school, or I'll just write school, and then that buzzword, and then it will just expand into the joke. So it's like, it's it's weird because I sort of almost mind map it in a way. Like, so when I was at school, the way I used to revise, I used, I used to write keywords and yeah. it does trigger thoughts and it does trigger the jokes. I just write buzz. I just write like, but it's weird. If anyone saw my notepad, they all they'd see is Gollum, special schools, Queen, Prime Minister. And it's just like the most random list Brilliant. And it was just 
it was a, it was wonderful. And he was, again, a really nice guy. And me and Benny, funny enough, interviewed Lost Voice Guy a couple of years ago on Benny's podcast. But, oh, fantastic. It, but it was just, yeah, so the experience was incredible. And when we got our first review, it was like three weekly, we got four stars. We were just absolutely buzzing. Absolutely, absolutely buzzing on cloud nine. Brilliant. Um, so it was absolutely fantastic. And we had guests, what was nice, we had guest comics on every day. Some were open micers, some were like proper pros. Like when we had John Robertson on, he was absolutely oh, Yeah, he was he was wonderful. What was really great, I actually I got into a little bit of trouble because basically I went to see John's dark room show and his was yeah. on at the Gilded Balloon. Yeah. And I said to him, Can I exit fly your show? Because you're there tomorrow, you're at Blue Bads Bunch tomorrow. And he was like, yeah, that's absolutely fine, not a problem. So he's there signing autographs or whatever, and then after the show, and then I'm exit flying. And the Gilded Balloon manager comes up to me and goes, what's he doing? Uh, and I was like, and I was like oh, oh, John said it was all right. Are you, are you fine? <laughs> it's, your, it's your show at the Gilded Balloon. Oh, no, no, we really don't like that. And, if you talk, and John saw what was going on, straight away went over and goes, it's fine, okay? It's fine. He can do that. I've said he can do that. And the manager just walks off with the tail between her legs. <laughs> That's brilliant. You're only but, helping out another comedian. <laughs> What's brilliant about John, he's very supportive and he's very much like, yeah. give you a helping hand. And But it was, yeah, it was really, I was like, oh, shit, I've done really. But he was like, it's absolutely fine. Don't worry. I thought I cleared it with him, obviously. But <laughs> you, it was just, yeah. <laughs> have, have you any plans for the 2023 Fringe? Yeah, so I'm going to, well, hopefully take a split bill up with another autistic comic called Luke Poulton. Oh, uh, he's Luke's very good. Um, uh, he's TikTok sensation, actually. Like, it's weird when he does brilliant. gigs. Yeah, yeah. Some of his TikTok people... Yeah, come to his show, and he's like, "I've seen yeah. you on TikTok." And he's like, "What? Oh my god!" So, um, because we're both autistic, we thought of a, uh, we thought of like a, uh, like the name names for the show. And at the moment, what we've got so far, this could definitely change. By the way, at the moment, we've got two autistic men don't walk into a bar. <laughs> that's, 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 that's brilliant. So, we're hoping to do a couple of uh, two week run. Um, so I, I'll, I'll make a point of coming to see you because that sounds fantastic. Um, Brilliant, that would be amazing. Thank you. Um, I've, only, I've only sold one ticket, there you go. <laughs> well, there we are, there we are, definitely. Um, the, 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 the other thing as well that, that led me from Edinburgh was to go to other festivals. I go to yeah. Leicester every year now, I go to Brighton, I go to um, Hastings, is very good. Um, there's loads and loads of comedy fringe festivals throughout the year. And I love the fact that the comedians can use it as a, um, a, a springboard to hopefully better things. It's, it's, it's extraordinary. I mean, there, there was so many fringes now, like I'm going yeah. up to Nottingham next week. And, yeah. uh, and well, it's, by the time the podcast comes out, it won't be. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, it'll be gone. So previous yeah. November, I went to I went to <laughs> Nottingham Comedy fantastic. Festival. Fantastic. Um, but I'm, I, I'm not I'm not doing a show now. I'm just doing no. a, a roast battle there, uh, which will be quite fun. Uh, and then by Leicester, I'm taking a show there with. Oh, um, I will see you there then. Yeah, with, yeah. I'm taking it with Variety D, and Variety yeah. D's absolutely fantastic. Like been on TV and things like that. And yeah, me and Variety yeah. Crockett friends as well. Um, yeah. That's what's been nice about development and comedy is yeah. the amount of pros that are actually just really easy to talk to is because you think, yeah, oh yeah. my God, pros, they're going to just, they're going to look down on me. They don't, but actually the opposite. They're all, they're all human. And, yeah. and they're all on your level. Um, they know, uh, they, they've yeah. been there. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, I can't believe the, people I've had on here. I've interviewed Al Murray. I've interviewed Barry Cryer. I've interviewed Joe Lo, uh, Joe, Lo, Joe Lysard. And I've interviewed Angela Barnes, to name a few. Um, tell me more. I'm intrigued. Tell me more about the laughable comedy night. 
um, because uh, I keep meaning to come along to this, and I haven't as yet, but I, I do want to make a point of coming along. Please so, tell me more about it. So Laugh Able started about two, three years ago now, and I set it up because I, I met a lot of other disabled comics who were saying to me, half the venues we go to are not accessible. We no. can't access them. The amount of ones that are on stairs, especially in London as well, yeah. is 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 really bad. And so I was like, oh okay, I'll just create a for I'll just create a venue. I'll try to get some axle on. It started off as a standard open mic, but then um I had actually my first show, I don't know how but I managed to get Evan Simmons on headlining. Uh, that was about three years ago at opening night and that was absolutely fantastic um, and then lockdown happened and so I was like oh my god this is terrible blah 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 however I started doing online shows and the amount of disabled people that would come to the online shows because they were like we, we can't go out because we're vulnerable it was brilliant and I managed to I think get Rosie Jones at one of my shows headlining what a, what a I, great, it, it was incredible I mean I'm trying to like book her again now but and she's not fantastic. She's not, like, she's not wanting to not come because she does she loves it she loves love yeah. but it's she's booked, booked up solidly for six months so it's just like but I've had John Robertson on there I've had Andrew and Neil like so mm-hmm. I've had some amazing uh names on there and we're doing our first all pro bill in two north down. Oh, funnily enough, November. I know it goes out in June, but the first pro bill we're having on um, is we have Harriet Dyer headlining, which is Harriet Dyer again, phenomenal comic who's been a Russell Howard Tower. Yeah, uh, yeah, but I think comics fun. appreciate that this because it's not just disability, it's mental health as well. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I know that's basically my sexy talk so far. Um, it's it's. Yeah, so I decided to create this forum where it's just like, they don't, a lot of acts go, oh, do I have to talk about my disability? No, 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 you don't. It's just a forum for you there to go to an accessible venue, go to a venue where they know your needs and have a positive experience. And it's been a very positive experience. Post-lockdown, it's been quite hard to build the numbers up. Yeah. Uh, but that's a, what's happening with a lot of nights. Unless you're a comedy store, it's a real struggle for a lot of nights at the moment who who were just starting to establish themselves, such as my night. And then when the lockdown happened, post-lockdown, it's getting audience in. Especially a lot of my audience are disabled people. Going out again is still a bit of a risk and things like that. Yeah. So... But well done, you. That is fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Well done, because um, I, as I say, I keep meaning to do it. And and I know we, we are recording this in November. I will do my best to get along to two North Down. Even, even although I live in South London, I will come to North London. <laughs> oh, that'd be amazing. That'd be fantastic. I would love and that. If, and if there's one in November, do let me know because um, yeah, because we, we want one in yeah. Kings Cross, and we want one in Wanstead. Yeah. all right. Has more, has more open mic, but we'll have a pro headliner. The one in Two North Town is all pros. Actually, right. funny enough, we were talking about. I might, I might look at the Wanstead one as well. Yeah, because I've got Vic Melody on, and Vic Melody's just come back from an She's incredible. She's She's been brilliant. Absolutely wonderful acts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm very blessed with the acts that I have coming to. And and also as well, to have, to to get the use of um, the online uh, comedy through the Laughable Comedy Nights, having it online was, is brilliant because I was going to ask you, how did you find online gigs as opposed to live gigs? But of course, what a success story. It was, and, and actually, yeah. it's how I got my open spot at the comedy store because the King Gong was online, and it was a Zoom King Gong, and it was you couldn't see the audience, so it was a little bit easier in a way. <laughs> but I don't care. That's how I got the open spot at comedy store because because everyone go, oh, do you have to, you know, do do you get that booked in? Do you have to email them? I went, no, you have to do the King Gong. because oh. King Gong is <laughs> nobody is, likes these guys. Like, I hate it. My first time I did King Kong, I lost 30 seconds the next time I won it. So you got to keep going back. Um, it's, it's, it's your only way in a lot of the time. It's your only way in. It's just unfortunate, but Comedy Store, they have so many incredible ads yeah, on the bill. 
is so competitive to get a spot there. One of the ways they do it is through the gong show. So it's yeah, it's yeah, yeah. necessary evil. That's how I refer to gong shows as, as necessary evils. As I said, as I said earlier, I've spent half my life in London and I first came down on 1988. And the first time I went to the comedy store, the bill was um Richard Morton, Phil Jupiter's, Linda Smith, God rest her soul. Yeah. And um the, the top of the bill was a chap called Charles Fleischer, who was never heard of again. He was a very visual comic, but he went to make, uh, he, he played the voice of Roger Rabbit, went to voice Roger Rabbit, and the rest is history. Oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> who are your favourite comedians, past and present? Um, my favourite comedians, past and present, I would say, uh, wow, that's that's very hard. One growing up I always used to admire was Robin Williams. Oh, nice. I thought just his energy on stage, his ability to work through impressions, yeah. uh, to think on his feet, to just just being constantly on the ball. Amazing. Yeah. It, and so like when I first performed at the comedy store in London, the one in London, when you walk down, there's a big portrait of Robbie Williams. That's right. Yeah. And, and when you walk past him, I've graced the same stage as that guy. And I spoke to the owner afterwards and he was saying, yeah, I met Robin. He's lovely. And I was like, I just, yeah, he's one of my idols. So yeah, he was incredible. I mean, I mean, I wish I'd been in the comedy store the night he was playing. Exactly. Like, you know, Cause, I'm, cause I'm, it was just an off the cuff as well. He just walked up and did 20 minutes. Yeah, I know. That's, that's, what, that's what Don was telling me. So incredible stuff. But yeah, like it was. So he, pre like at the moment, there's other acts that I absolutely love. That are my my favourites. Uh, Mark Simmons being one of them. Yeah, um, but um, Australia. Sorry. Good choices. Yeah, yeah, and another one who's got Netflix, a couple of Netflix specials, um, Australian comic, um, Hannah Gadsby. Awesome. Yeah, yeah uh, the way she sort of talks about trauma on stage and talks yeah, about yeah. autism a bit. I just feel, I like comics that go dark and talk about taboo subjects, but not like dark for the sake of going dark. Dark, there's a point to it. Yeah. So they're the type of comics that I sort of like the most. Ones that delve into subjects that people mainly you might avoid, but it's important to talk about. So yeah. So oh, I'd say man. two of my list well, two of my list, yeah, off the bat, Robin Williams, uh, Mark Simmons, Hannah Gadsby. Like they're my that's, three. That's that's moment. brilliant. Um my my first ever show, the first thing I ever saw with the family was Les Dawson in 1970. Oh, wow. That must have been uh, cool. On holiday. And then a year later, I saw Tommy Cooper. And then... Tommy um, Cooper. Oh, that's um, always I, one of them. amazing. And, and, and I got the bug for it. And I wrote, I've written this... You know, I've got an enormous spreadsheet where, with every single act and every venue I've ever seen on. And um, I saw the alternative comedy boom. I saw, I saw Rick Mail. Ben Elton, um, Frank Skinner, French and Saunders. Don't go, Rick Mayo as well, another one. It's always, and I really don't mean to use your age here, but there's all these. I, I was born in 1990, right? And so a lot of these. <laughs> I, I, I was born like, in 1967. I'm 55. Yeah, so, I mean, all lines. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, well, yeah, that's what you, that's what you say now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and these these grey hairs I've got, they're all they're all they're all, they're all la laughter laughter hairs. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. They're not nothing else. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but yeah, no, like things. There's so many old school comics. I wish yeah. I had actually seen uh, yeah. on stage that Is I it, never got a chance to because my family brought me up on. Very yeah. old school comedy as well, like Blackadder yeah. and things yeah, like that. So really. Monty Python and yeah. so there's yeah. a there's a there's a section in my blog called the ones that got away, which is about twenty. I think I've written twenty five of them. Top of the tree were Markham and Wise. I would love to have seen them. That's yeah. that's the reason why the blog exists. They were just incredible. But all yeah. the newer comics, um, there's so many great ones. I love uh, Josh Widdicombe. I love Ramesh Ranganathan. Oh, I, yeah. You know, all, all, all these people I've watched starting off, and 
there's so many great ones. I love Kerry Godleyman. Um, I love I love Alexandra Haddo. I oh, love, she's brilliant. She's um, superb. Um, um, but 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 there are so so many great great comedians, and it's just such a love and a passion for it. That yeah. It, I mean, what's not to love, my friend? What is not to love? And you're part of that. So and, and that's you. that's what that's what feels amazing. And then when yeah, you're yeah, on the hills yeah. with like again, my comedy store experience. So the yeah. MC was Laura Lex, who'd just been on oh. week, a couple of weeks ago. And, and she was like, because because I was I came off and I knew I didn't do as well as I thought I'd done. So the main thing is to enjoy it. Yeah. yeah and she yeah. told me once that's there was a promoter that had said to her, give up comedy. And next thing you know, she's on the way. So there, she went, don't feel too disheartened if you don't feel yeah. you did as well, or people yeah. don't think you did as well. Keep going, because actually, to get to the other side, you know, yeah. now she's getting calls left, right, centre from every sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. she's gone through, she was saying, like, she's gone through the hardships yeah, um, and come out the other side. So it can That's happen. Brilliant. There will be periods where you do go yeah. through a bit of a rough patch, but you know, starting to get handled things. Like I used to get my your... friend. It's the key to it all. Um, I've so much enjoyed talking to you. Just just before we go, um, is there anything else you'd like to say? Where people can find you on social media? Have you got any podcasts or anything like that? Uh, so Mark Nicholas, stand up comedian on Facebook. Um, at Mark Nicholas Comic or at M Nicholas Comic on Twitter and on TikTok, I believe. Mark Nicholas nine six nine zero on Instagram. I should have them all to say one. Really, it should be easier. <laughs> um, and and yeah, yeah, it would be really. <laughs> but also as well, like uh, laugh able search that because I'm hoping to really expand that soon. And yeah, yeah. that's all my socials. You find everything on there and things like that. And yeah. That's well, it. it's been an absolute pleasure. I, for one, am going to come and see you very, very soon. I'll come Thank and see you the comedy and uh, the comedy night, and I'll see you uh, live there very, very soon. I've so much enjoyed it, and thanks for being a great guest, and all the best to you. Thank you very much. All you right. take care, my friend. All the best. All right, bye. bye. Thank you.